Hi everybody, Michael McGinnis here. Yep, I'm back, it's been a while. Today's title, A New Plateau, turning 65, and that has a lot to do with my absence. I have been absent a while, learning to navigate what I would admit to be a major transition in my life, turning 65. Although it's just a number, it was a psychological impact that hit me like a Mack truck. All right, see, even my slang shows my age. It represents entering the home stretch in life, asking a whole new set of questions and ultimately confronting our mortality. One of my key realizations is that although I'm comfortable with the concept of death and what is next, what scares me is the dying process. Getting old brings with it a lot of new complications, challenges and obstacles, yet also a lot of great opportunities. This is what absorbed most of my thoughts initially. I'll highlight a few of these realizations. First of all, the concept of retirement. The image of retirement that I tend to think of relates to the images you see on billboards today. A youthful looking couple playing golf, living on the beach, you know, in a retirement home. But what about those that are single or divorced? How about those financially challenged, which is a significant portion of today's baby boomers? Did I really want to watch the grass grow, stay working, complete a bucket list, learn to play golf, or live in a retirement community? What's the impact of living longer? What the heck do I want to do with the rest of my life? As I began to contemplate this, I started to research the topic. I was overwhelmed by the opportunities for those entering retirement today. You can move abroad and live well and with great medical care and with a very limited income. You can be part of a new trend of van life, which I have done, living full time and traveling in a van conversion. Or you can consider the tiny, tiny home communities and a million more options. I spent a lot of time watching videos about these options and learning the advantages and disadvantages of each. What is key is that you consider these options and then choose the one or ones that are best for your own circumstances, lifestyle and interests. But it was learning the three phases of retirement that I realized is a must for those considering retirement, including their choices and options. I learned this recently on a seminar and it really baffled me and it made so much sense. After years of living in Florida, what I'll describe to you as these three phases, I recall seeing every day. The first phase is referred to as go-go, the go-go years. And it's represented what would typically be characteristic of the 60s when we all have our health, mental facilities, faculties, mobility, finances, and more, which provides us with a period of freedom to do what we want. A key decision during this time is whether to remain working or to retire early, for example, at age 62. It is important to consider phases two and three, however, when making your choices, even for the go-go years. Many are forced to work, not having the finances to retire early. Others want to stay working for a variety of reasons, whether it's the joy of work, whether it's their identity is wrapped around work and that's all they know, or whatever the reason. 
What I realized is that one really needs to consider these next two phases before contemplating and considering the opportunities for retirement. So what is phase two? Phase two is the go slow or the go slow years. As we begin to experience more health related issues, characteristic beginning in the 70s, our bodies begin to deteriorate combined with various diseases and aging related complications. We naturally begin to slow down, which has implications in how we live and what we can do. Now, it doesn't mean that it's always the 70s. It can differ for different people, but generally speaking, it's a good approximate age to begin to think about. It also has implications for considering when we retire. Because obviously, if we know that this period will be coming approximately in the 70s, then we may want to reconsider this idea of retirement if our finances support it. Do we want to retire earlier when we have greater chance to enjoy our health and related issues? Or do we want to stay working and then risk that when we retire, ultimately maybe in our 70s, that we may have some of these complications? You know, we may need to wear oxygen tanks, use walkers or wheelchairs, get regular treatments at medical facilities, or simply learn how to endure arthritis or other ailments that we have. The result is, is that we slow down. We don't have the same endurance, stamina, or health that we enjoyed in our go-go years. Phase three, no-go or the no-go years. It refers to the time where mobility is significantly limited and we or our loved ones start considering nursing homes, assisted living centers, or a bedroom in one of our children's homes. This is characteristic of the 80s. However, as we live longer, there are those that retain their health and vitality longer. However, others may not. And therefore, the implication is, is that although we may live longer, what about the quality of our life? Considering phase two and three is difficult to do, right? We don't want to be thinking that that's what's ahead of us. You know, for me at 65, you know, this could begin five, 10 years from now, that process of beginning to slow down. It's hard to imagine ourselves while we are still mentally alert and physically able to be in decline and ultimately lose our independence. No one likes to do this, but I discovered its importance, which is to learn how to enjoy what we have now as we break through our denial that this will ultimately happen to us too. In effect, it teaches us to enjoy life while we have it. That has implications on what we choose to do in retirement. The more active elements of our retirement we want to do while we're in the go-go years. We still can do some of those, although in the go-slow years, it may make take more time more planning. We may be slower, may require medical supplies or elements such as the oxygen tank to be able to get around. We also realize that we must plan for these phases or at least consider them as we make our choices for retirement. In other words, what we're going to do for our 60s when we're out and about, maybe completing our bucket, list or traveling, whatever may be the case, 
may not be the same things we're able to do in the 70s. So where will we live when it goes slow years? What are our plans for the no-go years? The biggest implication to me was learning how to enjoy each day, no matter how much or how little money you have. It was learning to be grateful that we have this moment. While we often do not realize until we are confronted with serious medical issues. Right now, I can breathe, walk, and see the amazing aspects of life around me. Even in the simplest of walks as I walk my dogs around the neighborhood. Confronting your mortality. I know I brought this up. What a tough one to be able to talk about. But you know what? We're a de very death-averse culture. I was fortunate to be in other cultures where they talked about it. It's a part of life. And it's freeing, it's uplifting, it's motivating. It really helps when you do start considering the aspect that we're all going to experience. Here's a quote. Isn't it sad that so often it takes facing death to appreciate life and each other fully? Another quote. While I thought that I was learning how to live, I have been learning how to die. That one came from Leonardo da Vinci. The first one, Lori Earle. As I mentioned, we're a death adverse culture. We simply do not like to talk about death. We like to put it off, go there if we have to, to the funerals, and then quickly busy ourselves so that we don't have to think about this concept. It is tough at first. Traditionally, Western cultures keeps death at a nice, safe distance. A process left to hospitals and funeral parlors and not for everyday conversation. That came from an, came in an article, Why Don't We Talk About Death? by Dr. Claudia Aguirre. I strongly encourage you to view the video I have listed in this actually post. It's on YouTube entitled, A 97-Year-Old Philosopher faces his own death. What a powerful video. Be sure to read the thousands of comments, just the beginnings and see the implication, the influence that this video has had on many people. I wrote several blog posts on this topic. Be sure to check them out. You can find them on my blog. The things such as we're all going to die, so let's learn about it. Or how life taught me. Ultimately, there's another one, meeting Tom Sawyer, a near-death experiencer, and what I learned about death. Another one, upside of accepting death, the cost of not. A point of view beginning with why we are here. My own point of view, that is. A point of view about death. What's sort of the culmination of my thoughts and comments that I had learned through all of my volunteer experiences from hospice, from children's oncology camp, volunteering on the ambulance, etc. And then finally, a conversation about death. Check them out. Finish with a quote before moving to the next section. The art of dying is the art of living. The honesty and grace of the years of life that are enduring is the real measure of how we die. 
It is not the last weeks or days that compose the message that will be remembered, but in all the decades that precede them. So now is the chance to live your life, to really create your epitaph, to write it based on what you're doing today and what you're accomplishing. Next section, the opportunities are amazing. With our greater awareness of what retirement consists of, right? Now we're on to the lighter topic of things. Along with the fact that we are closing in on our end of life, yep, that tough part we just talked about, we can now focus on what we want to do and make the most of this time. In the years prior to turning 65, my focus was on everything but retirement. I had to work. It was not until the months prior to turning 65, which I was able to start carving out more free time for me, that I contemplated, what does retirement mean to me? I began by talking to others who were retired, which was incredibly enlightening. It was really about a bucket list, but instead it was about a lifestyle, what they really wanted to do, who they really wanted to be, how they wanted to make use of this time, and very often centering about family, grandchildren, etc. The lifestyle was based on their financial situation and their interests. For many, it was being close to family. I turned to YouTube to view hundreds of videos on the topic of retirement. This was absolutely awesome, as I mentioned before. Here is where I realized there are so many ways to retire, no matter what your financials are like. I viewed websites on how to retire on $1,500 or less and realized that if you're flexible and where you can live, there are many beautiful locations around the world where you can live very nicely and with great health care on a fixed income. Others were selling the home and living in van conversions or a way to get out and see the U.S. The movie Nomadland is worth viewing since it related this concept of van life for those with few financial resources. But the whole concept is applicable to people of every income level. You should see some of the van conversions today. There are retirement communities, some that revolve around driving a golf cart to everywhere you need to go. There are those that move south for the winters and return home in the summers to be closer to their family. Retiring today is better described as active retirement, particularly during the go-go years. You can split your time and remain working, whether for financial needs, enjoyment, or simply staying busy. One of my neighbors was also quite interesting to learn his story. He's turning 100 in January. He realized that he spent as much time volunteering post-work as he did while working. He volunteered until he was 90, which... Sadly, it was when he was sort of pushed along, asked to no longer volunteer. This started a very difficult time for him. I asked him about his views on living so long. Granted, this is just one data point. However, you know, he's mental, mentally alert. He has good physical stamina, at least to be able to get out and walk in very short periods of time but to be able to get out and not be completely home ridden. I would encourage you to view videos on this topic. Frankly, it all depends on how one's health is. 
Many survive into their 90s are mentally alert, but their bodies are frail. My neighbor, who's turning 100, stated that it was good while he was able to volunteer and have a purpose each day. But once it ended, it became more lonely and difficult. He stated that now all of his friends and his spouse have died, which added to a period of loneliness. He was still able to get around his house and for very short walks, but that was about it. He considered himself very fortunate that he was still largely independent. Because frankly, once you lose your independence, many begin to lose their will for life. Although we may live longer, the key question is, what will our quality of life be? There's a great video in my post. It's on YouTube. It's a segment from 60 Minutes. The research from this report was incredibly educational. Stay active and exercise every day, even when you don't want to. The segment was called Living Into Your 90s. This is a good place to close. More to come, particularly as I experience this new phase in my own life. Hey, thanks for tuning in. And remember, I think a collective from any of my videos, any of the topics, is all about enjoying life now. And then use the time to contemplate and consider what do you want to accomplish in life? Hey, thanks again. Remember, you can view a lot more on my website, growhumanpotential.com, growhumanpotential, all one word.com. Be sure to check out my books, Discovering Michael, an inspirational guide to personal growth and self-discovery, and my latest one on the topic of leadership relating to the whole concept of personal growth for leaders. It's titled Leadership from the Inside Out, Building Your Leadership Foundation. Both are available on Amazon Books. Hey, thanks for joining. Have a great one, and we'll talk again soon.